How's it, guys? My name is Mark Haystack, and you're listening to the Birding Life Youth Podcast. While I was recording this episode, all of a sudden, the lights just went and everything switched off. I was left in the dark. So I had to sit in the dark with my torch, and I decided to just keep myself busy with reading my Plants of Southern Africa book. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't so bad. Uh, it was only an hour of load shedding, and then we got straight back into it, and the conversation continued. So here it is. Yeah, so um, now that we're back online, got things rolling again. Um, yeah, I just sat in the dark reading about flowering plants of Southern Africa um, for a bit. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, let's get going again. What were we talking about? <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, I think you, because I think you're talking about the Wittberger or the Swatberger, which are now the Wittberger or something, and then you yes, carried on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the, yeah, the, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Wait, oh, we passed that. We, 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 we were way talking about that. crispy cold air. Yeah, something mm. like that. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, okay. no, I was saying I love the crispy cold air in the mornings in the Karoo, um, waking up to mm. that orange sunrise over the arid landscape, seeing the dew on the, yeah. what do you say, succulent plants and the, the grass. But uh, yeah, then going for a nice Karoo, day of Karoo birding, finding some Karoo specials. Oh, Don't forget the coffee. Jeez, I love to do that. <laughs> Wait, have you been to the Karoo uh, before? Never, ever. Literally, oh. the furthest south I've ever birded is the Transcar. So I don't have Cape Bulbul. I don't have any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, we were discussing Cape Bulbul. You need to yeah. get to this. Gee, no, I see that really? every day here. Um, I would go nuts if I saw one up here. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. every now and then you like. I think there's a couple records of red eyed in, in KZN. Oh, really? um, but like, you know, okay. just dark cat. There's an interesting um, uh, distribution of the of the Cape red eyed and dark cap bulbul in South Africa, and the dark cap bulbul or the black eyed bulbul is the old name. It uh, if you look at the South African map say my fist and you you say down here's cape town where my finger is and there's kzn and there's kalahari and, and yeah kruger i think that the dark cap goes all the way down till jeffrey's bay area so like eastern cape and the most western record was recently well the most western breeding record is in mossel bay just down the road from my, um, my house and there's this sure. pair of uh, dark cap boobles breeding uh, in Mossel Bay, and for a while they were so yeah they were found at a person's uh, water bath, bird bath, and then they they kept coming back. People were twitching it on for the Western Cape list. Oaks were coming from Cape Town to come see this bird, and then all of a sudden yeah. they see the birds taking nesting material to a little palm tree nearby. It's like shucks. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Next thing you know, people are, are coming to see this bird, and it's nesting in a tree. Um, and then on the same road, uh, Eurasian Golden Oriole gets found and it's like a really nice twitch. You know, you go to Mossel Bay, get some estuary birds, yeah. get some dark cap boobles, get some Eurasian Golden Orioles. But that was all in summer last year or spring last year. Um, and then the dark yeah. cap, uh, the, the, the red-eyed boobles, African red-eyeds are only found in like the Karoo. And is there any other habitat they're found in? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you get, I mean, I know that the, the range does come into Lesotho and then sometimes like 
Sony Pass and like those like um, Drake, uh, what's it? Yeah, Giants Castle and those areas. So they okay. do get seen there. Golden Gate National Park, okay. often on the Free State side. So it seems like they're some not guys restricted just... to arid habitats only. No, I think it does come up, but it's yeah, not as common as yeah. up in the Cape, I don't think. Yeah, and they, they aren't found here in the garden route. They're only found north of the Wittberger, as we called it now, um, in, okay. the, in the Great Karoo. So, you know, you get Beaufort, let's say Kalahari Desert, then you go south, you get to Uppington, then you get to uh, Sutherland, then you get to Beaufort Vess, and then the Swartberger, then the Little Karoo, and then the Garden Route coastline. And then just above the Swartberger, there's literally as soon as you go over the mountain, um, one side of the mountain, you find Cape um, red-eyed bulbuls, other side of the mountain, you don't find red-eyed bulbuls. That's literally their yeah. range. Um, and then it goes yeah, all sure. the north, east, and west, I think, in the arid areas. And then it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know their range so well, but if they're in the Drakensberg area, that's that's obviously... No, I've never seen one. So, yeah, it's all like... A bit, often in the, in the Free State side and then like the sort of Eastern Cape so, and, and, and in Lesotho, but very seldomly in KZN. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Very yeah. good KZN bird. Jeepers. So we... Yeah. We should try get some Karoo burning done sometime uh, together. Yes, no, I, I would Cape Town. I'll get so many laughers. At least forty-five, I reckon. Sure. If there's rarities around, that's decent. Yeah. Hey, sure. Yeah, I mean, because there's a Karoo. There's more like the estuary stuff, mm. pelagic. A lot of a lot of things there. Mm. Well, the. The landscape of the Western Cape is quite diverse. Um, I mean, in terms of species, not as diverse bird species. It's not as diverse as KwaZulu-Natal, KZN. Um, but you go from the West, Cape Town, you get uh, bank cormorant, crown cormorant, and <clears throat> what else? You have a chaffinch, obviously, but that's alien species that's only found in Cape Town. And then you go East of Cape Town. Get nice lurries at Grootvaders Bosch Nature Reserve. Then you get to the garden routes and you start getting whiteback night heron. You get nice in the woodpecker and uh, yeah, nice species like that. And then, yeah, as I said, dark cap bubble, most western range, southwestern range, and um, black collared barbets. But I mean, you get those like flipping forktailed drongos up there, I assume. Yeah, no, quite <laughs> yeah. <common>. <laughs> if, <laughs> if I see those in my garden, I would flip. Literally, <laughs> I would try to do a backflip just to express myself. That's that's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, but sure. um, so yeah, Amazing. I think yeah, Cape Town. It's more you don't get any forest there really. It's fynbos and mountains, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't done many much karoo birding around Cape Town area, north of Cape Town. Yeah. But if you come to the garden route, there's this thin patch of coast with this forest and fynbos and lakes. It's very diverse. And you go, oh, then you get to the Otsnuka Mountain. It's about five k's inland. I'm not actually totally sure. Uh, Otsnuka Mountain, Fainbos, over the mountains, you go into the Karoo. And then for this, there's this thin, I'm not sure how many kilometers it is from the Otsnuka Mountain to the Swartberg, but it's a small stretch, a thin stretch from east to west and a narrow north to south range of this Klein Karoo. And you get to the Swartberg, and there's nice species there. And then that the Swartberg is the, um, border of the greater and the the, the little Karoo. Um, so, what sort of species? Sorry, Mark. What sort of hmm. species do you get there? Like, 
And um, the little Karoo. Just, just, yeah. Playing Karoo, playing Karoo species, double banner course is quite, quite a, quite a special one there, but it was, a, it would be a highlight okay. for me. Um, Layouts, Tit Babbler, Warbler, uh, Chestnut Vented Warbler, Namaku Warbler, uh, Booted Eagle in summer. You get lots of, let's see, when there's good rain, you get lots of, um, how can I forget the name? What's it? Lark like buntings, but in the in the greater crew, they're more common. But in the clan crew, if there's sure. been good rain, we'll get lark like buntings all over the place. You get, um, Man, I haven't been I haven't been career birding in so long, so I'm 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 quite rusty at the moment. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's one of my favorite yeah, habitats, no bro. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm, I actually really miss it. I mean, otherwise, lots of whiteback mouse birds. Um, sure, that's cool. So, have you seen whitebacked? No. Ah, I forgot their range. Yeah. But yeah, no one yet catches them. I think they're quite an arid species because uh, you don't get them. Yeah, in, in, you don't get them in my town, only over the mountain. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. no, very interesting. And, and, yeah. and things like orange-breasted sunbird and Cape sugarbird and that. Rock oh, Cape rock, I'll take oh, a two-kilometer walk down the road. I'll get orange-breasted sunbird. But yeah, <laughs> well, not down the road, more yeah. like up the road, because I live at the base of a mountain. You just you walk through the pine forest and you start getting some elevation, and then the pine plantation stops, and you get to some shrublands of mm. of your yeah, fanbors and ericas and proteas um, on the George Mountain. You know, there's orange-breasted sunbirds as you go higher to the proteas and ericas, Cape grassbird. Um, let's see, striped flufftail. In, in, in the gorges yeah, and cool. like the shallow gorges where there's nice restios growing and yeah. um, hot and tot button quail is I, hasn't, I haven't seen them on the Otaniko mountain before but then you get to the top of the mountain sure. and I found the first record of Cape Rock Jumper on the Otaniko mountains uh, two, three years ago yes. and I was so That's chuffed incredible. with myself so um, yeah, oh, you get Cape Rock jumpers in George, but um, yeah, you're gonna have to be quite fit to see that one. <laughs> you yeah, gotta climb up the mountain to the peak, and then yeah, there's, sure. there's a single male there, as far as I can tell. And every time I've gone to see and check up on him, it's only been him, so alone, it's like individual. Yeah, no, oh. <laughs> that's cool, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah, oh, thanks. Can't wait to travel there, eh? sure, oh, man. Yes, like, no, that's the thing, eh? Uh, so much to see in South Africa. Yeah, and then you start thinking about going overseas and into Africa, up <laughs> in Uganda and all these places. I know Neil Perrins is on a trip to Uganda, and I'm just like, I'd love to be there, you know? Yeah. It's like some cool shoe bowls and great wow. buteracos and all these insane birds. Yeah. You know, so. so exotic. So exotic. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't even imagine. Imagine going to a place and not being able to say, okay, oh, that, that bird calling is that. Like For me, that's my dream. Yeah. I won't be able to say what one bird that's calling. You know, like, <laughs> that that brings me back to the cool. old days. Yeah, the old days of birding. Yeah. You know? I, I say old days, it was like yeah, five exactly. years ago I started birding. <laughs> yeah. But in the beginning, yeah, yeah. you know, you like, don't know what that is and you're so eager to find out what it is. It's like, what could that be? And you go look in the bird book and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, that's what it is. Now I can tick it off for the first time. The first time you the tick first time field. you see a black crake. Like I remember the <laughs> first time I saw a black crake. Yeah, <laughs> Kruger. Oh. I was so excited. I was oh, so man. excited. I came home to my 
dad, 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 you love to see. <laughs> now they're just like, oh, there's another black Craig. You know, why oh, can't God. we be a Balians or something? Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I can't remember the first time I saw Black Craig, but they're also very common where I am. Um, I, I remember uh, <laughs> I was walking in this in this marshland and this thing jumped up. I could just not believe my eyes. I was so excited. <laughs> and same sure. with the forest weaver. I remember my grandfather telling me about this forest weaver with like this golden coloration on its on its breast, on its breast, and, and then dark in the back. And I remember going for a walk on the south coast, and I found this bird, and I found a nest. I remember sprinting home to my dad and said, Dad, 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 look what I've just found. You're running back and lying under watching this bird. And I was just like, it's another forest. Sure. Uh, so. No, you're no man. I don't I don't think a lot about forest weavers, but what are they are they common yeah. where you are? Yeah, they are pretty common. Any patch mm. of like forest thicket, you'll get them. Yo, I'd love to see that species. Yes. I've not seen one. Mm-mm. We so get, you don't get them down there. Like, we get Cape sure. and Southern Marsh Weavers. That's it. And that is? That's it. What? <laughs> no thick balls? Th- no. Nuh-uh. I think what? go to Jeffrey's Bay, you might see some. That, but that's a bit further east Jesus. of where we are. No thick balls. I, I no. thought I saw a thick ball. I was birding around Rondeflay one day in the, in the Wilderness National Park. And I see these two, like finch-sized birds at a little puddle in the water. And it's like next to the reeds. Uh, it's next to a nice big tree. And I quickly snap a photo. It looked unusual. The one was like a blotchy peach color, a, a blotchy pale color. And the other one was like dark. So I didn't really know thick-billed weaver so well. I've never even seen a thick-billed weaver. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. I, I get photos. I'm like, Flip, what is that? <laughs> you know, snap it away. And I look at my, my, my computer later on and I'm like, okay, it's not a weaver. It's not a, it's not a sparrow. It's sparrow size. Let's look in the seed eater section. I checking out the seed eaters. Female thick build weaver is, um, you know, speckled. And then the, uh, the male is like a dark chocolate color. So yeah. I, was, I was checking it out. So I was like, what? And the, the one, the photo I got of them was the female was like looking the other way and was quite far out. And then the, the male was flapping its wings. So its head was blurry. You can't see the bull, but it's this dark color. But who knows what they could have been. Then I took a photo of an unusual nest right next to that puddle. And it it's either a sunbird or a thick-billed weaver's nest. But I mean, it's not the right place for a thick-billed weaver's nest. They're usually in the reeds. From your experience, can you also mm. agree with that? Yeah, no, and big reed beds and the taller reeds, they'll have a, a nest. Okay. Yeah, this one was in a tree and it looked like a sunbird nest. So I took a photo of it without thinking. Then I looked at home and I was like, is it, it, how can this make sense? I don't know what this bird is, but he has a nest right next to where the birds were. It looks like a thick bull weaver's nest. It looked more weaved than just stuck together like a sunbird's nest is. So yeah, yeah. I, know, I thought, oh man, I've seen a thick bull weaver. But then as I got older, I was like, no, you didn't. Nah, <laughs> just a blurry photo of mystery, mystery yeah. birds and a sunbird nest. So, I uh, no, that's yeah, that's. Oh, I've had a couple of those where you're like, I'm pretty sure I didn't actually see that bird, but I had a ticket and I had something. It's like five that I took off my life list. White-headed vulture, I don't remember seeing. white kind lapwing, I don't remember seeing. I can't remember what the others are, but yeah, a lot of them are taken off now. Yo, have you managed to take any aliens off your list or are you still like uh, holding yourself back? 
you know what? I've 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 chatted to a couple of people about it. Um and I, I don't have like an issue with taking it off other than the fact that like it's six birds off my list, especially and, and I'm not worried about South Africa and Southern Africa, but my KZN list, that's a lot. You know, it's like that's probably like when you get up to six hundred level, it's probably like two years worth of birding, you know. Okay. So yeah. it's like but it's but I'm 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 contemplating it. Have you have you taken them off officially? In my in my mind, I have. I haven't officially crossed them off on my list. But man, yeah. No, in my mind, I have. Like I've, <laughs> I've spoken to some other people. I spoke to the chair lady of BirdLife Etiquini, and she really? she doesn't count them for her lists. Um, until Nikki wow. Forbes. Um, okay. And it's just that's why she's done it. So well, like, bro, that's encouraging. Anyone? I'm happy to make a deal right now that I will take all the invasive alien species off my bird list for Southern Africa and yeah, not add any more on because we were chatting about this the other day, yeah. you and I, and just like, it was so, such an interesting topic and such a difficult topic to, to actually think about. <sighs> so yeah, I don't, I want to, but no, the other a couple of months ago, a house crow pitches up in Mossel Bay. It's 20 kilometers from yeah. where I am. And people saw it for two days or so. And on the third day, I went to go check um, with someone, give it a twitch, and it didn't show and it was never seen again. So you now we're making jokes like, oh no, um, this guy came to see it and he ticked it off and then he shot it straight afterwards, you know, so no, no one else could do it. And, you know, it's kind of legal yeah. to shoot invasive species. Yeah. So it wasn't totally wrong when he did, but a, a lot of other people in the garden route wanted to, to tick off this house crow on their list. Did, 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 did someone actually shoot the bird? I don't know. That's the thing. Thing is, I thought about it afterwards. It would, be the, it, would be the be- it would probably be the best thing to do. I mean, <laughs> you don't want them becoming yeah. invasive in those areas. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I thought about it afterwards and I thought, would I do that? You know, I thought to myself, mm. would I do that as well? Um, and then I would feel guilty afterwards having ticked it off and then shooting it because it's yeah. an invasive species. We shouldn't be ticking them anyway. We should be setting an example that, you know, we should um, not tick them off mm. or whatever. So, you know, the thing is with that kind of thing, should we be ticking these species um, if we don't want to encourage people to to see these birds and and you know just let them grow and expand and and take over the indigenous species habitats and you know yeah. interfere with the indigenous uh, ecosystems, um, mm. so it's very it's very tricky. The thing uh, is, because there's always going to be this argument where there is always a competitive element to birding. So whether it's the challenges for the year or whether it's uh, like getting to 600 for a provincial list and like for me like i'm really i really want to get there but like now you're competing against other people and they're taking all these birds off and that's an extra six birds that they've got in their list now when you're getting up to 600 for a provincial list those six birds mean a lot so yeah. it's like so tricky sure. so so tricky mm. you know so it's like i think oh, no it's just a hard one uh, sure we were talking interesting yeah. to do like Sorry. Like a con like get a um uh, what do you call it? Like a like a census of what people think, whether yeah. they what they think they should be. Like we could do a write-up, you know, like explaining what each bird the, the negative impact 
and then saying, should we take it? Yes. Should we take it? No. And see what like people's thoughts are. It'd be, mm. it'd be very interesting. That could be an idea. Yeah. Or maybe we should just start taking our lists off and advertising. Well, taking those species off our list and advertising that we're doing so. Um, and that would be setting the example, I guess. Guys, doing it, I'll do it. I'm happy with it. Yeah. You, you're keen, right? Yeah, I'm keen. Okay. I am. Because, I mean, you know. Great conservation. And- <laughs> Maybe we should do <laughs> yeah. it. We start, we start taking the invasive species off our list. We don't tick any new ones we see. And then people will start thinking, yeah. you know, I'm not the only one who thinks like this. I don't have peer pressure to, to keep them on my list just to look good like yeah. I'm a, a good uh, provincial lister. Or, yeah. you know, there's actually other people doing the same. So I don't feel left out. Maybe we'll start getting that mm-hmm. impact on people. Um, because some of the effects are, you know, if you, if, you, if you encourage people going to scout out these, these species that are not actually native to the land, that actually cause environmental yeah. negative impacts on, on the environment of South Africa, you know, that that's not, people are going to, I mean, how did the first rosy-faced, well, not the rosy-faced lovebirds, but these other species of lovebirds from, I think, Australia, right? Aren't they from Australia? Um, I don't know. I think it's North Africa, and there are some species from Australia um, that have been introduced into South Africa that haven't yeah. fully established their populations, but they are pretty close. But I mean, uh, the rosy-winged parakeets, I think that's a better example. Um, I'm more knowledgeable yeah. on that. So let me rather say the rosy-winged parakeet from India, you know, that that's... That's something that was set free in the big cities in South Africa. And those species have not only started spreading in the wild, they have now adapted to nest in cities. And mm. I mean, sure, you could say, listen, these birds are now, they're not in the wild. They're only impacting the eco- ecosystems in the cities and the, city, the city's ecosystem isn't that big and biodiverse. But there's other birds that live in 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 Gauteng, and Gauteng is one of the most effective affected places, including Durban, right? I mean, Durbs has quite a, a big yeah. uh, population of them. Uh, yeah. But Joburg is one of the biggest man-made forests in the world, and is a, is an ecosystem all on its own. So you get these uh, indigenous bird garden species that are also threatened by these rosy parakeets that eat nuts and fruit. Um, and so, do we want and more people to? Eh? So the nesting sites as well, because they will still barbet nest and woodpecker nest. They're about the same size of a crested barbet or a white-eared barbet. Jeepers, yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, they they all they even steal nesting sites. That's quite crazy. I didn't even think about that. But now, do yeah. we do we really want to encourage people to release more of these species, like the the common starling from Europe that came to? Um, Cape Town a few hundred years ago with 20 individuals now it's spread over the, the whole South African subregion, um, and there's many other examples but no we don't we don't want that to happen so what is the solution so now, now, now we've got to think is it really going to work to set an example by just a couple of us youngsters chucking those birds off our list and saying we're not going to do it or you know how's it going to yeah, work yeah. Is, is it really going to work? But I mean, oh. you know, I think with, with your list, especially a Southern Africa list in that where it's not on, on a hugely competitive scale, it's all your own preference. So like if you want to record herd birds, go for it. If you want to record, a, I don't know, whatever. But 
I think everyone's got to make their own decision. And whether you want to make your own decision to see those invasive species and tick them off in Southern Africa, or whether you don't want to tick them off now and then make an effort to see them somewhere else. So what? go to India one day and see rosemary parakeets. Go to India and see Indian peafowl, and you know you'll be able to see these birds in the natural habitat, which I think would be way more rewarding. Flipping in true. terms of a bird, that's a flipping you know, so. point, yeah. Because I mean, like, you, yeah, I mean, being able to tick an Indian peafowl, a rosewing parakeet, a common starling, a house sparrow, which isn't as invasive, they they were more of, yeah, ne- never mind. But being able to tick those in South Africa, now that I think about it, is actually ridiculous that you don't have this enthusiasm to go to its natural habitat its natural range where you get that thrill of seeing the bird where it's supposed to be where it's naturally Mm. and enjoying it for what it naturally is and where it's supposed to be without knowing that you know without the the understanding that the bird is having a a negative environmental impact you don't in, in its natural range you don't have that elephant in the room where you're ticking a bird that you could shoot <laughs> with, with, with a, for a good reason, you know? Um, so yeah, I totally agree with that. No, so it's, it's really, it's quite a problem um, in South Africa that's been going on for a long time and people have different solutions um, and different takes on this. Uh, but I don't know what, there's one right thing to do. Well, there's one, there's one right thing and that, you know, there's different ways to get there is that we eventually have South Africa without any invasive species. Um, and to get people into that mindset of, you know, it's not good to have them around. I think the best way is to just set an example um, that we won't mm. take it. You know, we won't take them. We won't take it anymore that they are seen as species that should be ticked off. Yeah. No, hundred percent, and it's, it's it's very sensitive because a lot of the people that don't understand birds fully and and really enjoy the natural species and that will often say, well, we brought them here, we need to just look after them, and and they're just animals, you know, they they weren't the ones that, so you know, how can you go and shoot them or poison them or whatever? Yeah. But ultimately, we don't really want our natural species being threatened, and mm. creating new extinctions. And the way I see it is, we did bring them here, and unfortunately, we need to get rid of them. You know, um, being that's the way I see it. There you go. I, yeah. I'll, I'll say the same thing. That's it's so, like, a harsh reality. Um, it is, you know. Yeah, um, not like I, I want to go shoot rosemary parakeets in India, but I kind of want to shoot rosemary parakeets in South Africa. Uh, yeah. Or house crows. Or house crows. Easier target, much bigger. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's not because I, I, I like shooting that species um it's it's for an obvious reason so yeah yeah should we shake protect those black barbets that you you would love to have in your garden you know true and and whilst i have i had this really interesting conversation with tim carr who owns a a reflections eco reserve in wilderness okay and he was talking to me about how you know the knives the woodpeckers nest in holes the black bullet black collared barbets nest in holes and black collared barbets are now starting to move into the garden route and they're increasing in numbers. They both free feed in the forests. Um, and I think they're both parasitized by honey guides. So how is the black collared barbets moving into the garden route going to affect firstly the knives, the woodpeckers, which are, I think a red listed species. And how are they going to impact the population of the honey guides in the garden route? Um, 
which parasitize birds that lay eggs and nests. Um, birds that lay nests, what? Birds that lay eggs in holes. <laughs> holes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. So, yeah. So, should we shake on it? Yeah. I'm not going to take off any more invasive species. And from us to the world, this is us shaking on a stop to invasive species in South Africa. All right. Oh, cool. There you go. Like yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Well, and that's it. Zach, I'll chat to you soon, man. Yeah. Like a mark. Thanks cool. for that. Eh? Pleasure. All right. Cool. Happy birding, guys, and be blessed. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can check out The Birding Life on all your social media platforms and your preferred podcast players. Until next time, happy birding. <laughs>